What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mini Crush Monday. I'm here with Mr. Noel and Mr. Ramsey. Chuck, you know what the scariest thing in the world is to me? Um, Baby clowns. You know, it's not far off. (laughs) Um, Misshapen Disney characters that are drawn incorrectly or costumes that are designed. There's something where they're just off enough that it, it gives you this really just sickening kind of weird unnatural feeling you know what i mean i have no idea where do you see these misshapen here's here's a good example um there's a daycare on my street clearly has unsanctioned (laughs) disney characters drawn all over it yeah and it just has like i'm gonna use uncanny valley that's not the right term but it's got this sort of like unnatural quality to it and it goes to show that you may think these character designs are simple but there's a real magic to getting them just right. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Being, being drawn correctly. Being drawn correctly. Yeah. Yeah. That's my starting thought for the day. So uh, we got a lot to catch up on, Noel. We, we were do. just um, in Los Angeles for the podcast awards. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, after having been, it was uh, it was fun. It was very fun. You know, it was fine. I was sort of like, oh, you know, award ceremonies, but... I, th- I think the key, which is what they did, is keeping it to an hour, mm-hmm. right on the nose. Keeping it moving. They kept it moving. Will Ferrell kicked off the show. There were some laughs. He, uh, I'm sure, got in a car about 17 seconds after he left the stage and left. In his full denim regalia. <laughs> Conan, uh, Conan showed up to accept his award. He walked in five minutes before, got his award. I think he was probably in his car. Quite tall man. 17 seconds later. Mm-hmm. Uh, my old buddy Matt Gorley was on stage with yeah. him as his producer, which was wonderful. Jean-Claude Van Damme was there. How weird was that? That was a, a, a highlight a, for me. Does he have a podcast? He needs one. 
I mean, doesn't everyone get a podcast now? The ageless wonder too, yeah. man. He looks exactly the same. We were in line together, right? Weren't we? We were sort of adjacent. Partially. Yeah, but he was like right there. Like he was right in front of us in line. We, I did the red carpet thing with my stuff that I want you to know. Uh, cohorts uh, for the first time we'd ever done that, and right behind Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I mean, he looked like he could still leap up and kick us in the face mm-hmm. without even, like, breaking a sweat. My kid was with me, as you know. Uh, yeah. She was my, my plus one. And I had to, I, I, I was freaking out on the line. I said, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Of course, she's like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, understandably. But I showed her the training montage video from Kickboxer uh, <laughs> yeah. the next day. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, oh, that's who that was. <laughs> <laughs> still don't know him, but... Great. She thought it was fun. There's nothing like a good montage from those types of movies from, from the 80s. I mean, Well, here's my secret. I don't think I ever saw a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. That was not my jam. Not even Double Impact? No. Not even Best of the Best? Was he in it? I don't know. Maybe. The, then no. Kickboxer 2? What do you got? Time Cop? Time Cop. Uh, nope. You had to have seen the, Time Cop. The cop Dude, that can't be stopped. <laughs> was that the tagline? <laughs> is that why is that? Because he because he, he can control time, I guess. I, he doesn't really control time, though. If I'm not mistaken, Ramsey, what's the deal with that movie? What's the conceit? Um, Aren't there multiple time? He's not the only time cop. He is a time cop who's like displaced in time. There's right? something about the same matter cannot touch. Like you can't go back into the future and touch yourself because then hey hey will... hey. Let's not get no future masturbating. <laughs> Got it. Interesting. Time Rider. Now that was the movie. Time Rider. 1982. Uh, with uh, what's his face from uh, Fred Ward. Fred Willard. Fred Ward. Who's Fred Ward? Fred Ward. Come on, Noel. You ever seen Tremors? Yeah. Well, then you've seen Fred Ward. Which one is he in Tremors? Uh, he was the the main guy along sure. with the, the bacon. The Tremors bacon, is the, the one with the worms, like the the, the underground desert monsters. Yeah, right? Fred Ward. You know Fred Ward. Uh, Classic. He was in Shortcuts. Oh he yeah, a, big or, square uh, jawed, the player looking guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's good. I like him. Time um, Rider. Check it out. Time Rider. Classic eighties film. Um, it was really fun though, Chuck. Uh, you you and I and and some other colleagues, Alex and uh, gosh Jerry, of course, uh, shared a car on the way back. Yeah, and you kind of gave us the tour. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it the, was a lot of fun. The the, the L A uh, studio tour. The L A studio tour. That's which, right. You know, and, and that, you pay good money for those, and you really gave us the full experience. Talking yeah. about the Warner lot and uh, some of your experiences working on pictures there. Sure, Universal Studios. Yeah, all that. Uh, and then I did something I don't do. Uh, I ghosted you guys so hard with good reason we went to a bar afterward everyone uh in hollywood and i walked in and it smelled like uh it smelled like there had been a sewage burst at some point Mm -hmm. that was in the carpet still it smelled like shit like literal shit i I thought it was more of a vom kind of smell really uh, personally there was something going on man i walked in and i almost vom it was bad i went to the bathroom i saw matt frederick and i was like dude i don't think i can stay in here Mm -hmm. um and I went outside to get some air and realized I need to go home yeah, and go no, to bed. I, I completely understand. So I, texted you guys. Uh, I, I, I I relayed your, your condolences. How long to did everybody. you guys stay there in the vomitorium? Well, I, you know, uh, full disclosure, I actually left my kid in the hotel room and sure. went down the it was just around the corner. Yeah. I went down there to hang out with, you know, some of the, the folks that were in from, from out of town. Um I did a moratorium, one night moratorium on my dry January to have a couple of tiki drinks with the with the with the gang. So you stayed for a bit. I stayed for a, literally oh, one my time. I don't uh, see how you could 
stand that smell. Some of those other folks didn't notice. It's I was so, blown away. Everyone I, I seemed kept, to be having I, fun. I was, was like, does no one smell feces? And then people kept showing up. Lauren showed up. Holly showed up. Oh, and you know well, Holly's nice. got a discerning sense of smell. I was really surprised. She's maybe, I think it's something you just kind of accept, and then you move <laughs> past it. I rejected it. You, you were not able to do that. Um yeah, I had a great LA experience, especially with my kid. It was her first time. Good. We hiked up to Griffith Park Observatory. Wonderful. Uh, she hated every step of the way until we got there because it's a that's a pretty serious hike. You, you know, she, you can drive that too. I know, but I, it's, to me, it's all about the hike because then yeah, you earn yeah, it sure. when you get there, and it's such a beautiful spot. Earn that is this. one of my favorite places in Los Angeles. I just, I just love it. The view up there the is view fantastic, and the building, the architecture. We I could did, see yeah. that from my the window of my apartment. I could see uh, from my kitchen window that. Beautiful Hollywood sign in the observatory. It's so lovely. We did the uh, the whole thing. We did the um, uh, the planetarium show, super yeah. old school, the rotating orb thing. You know, it was just it's wonderful. great. They've yeah. gussied it up a little bit, but it still feels very old school. It's great. Um, th- uh, then I went to San Francisco for Sketchfest. Ah. Uh, Stuff you should know live was great. Uh, Movie Crush Live was interesting and fun. Did not record it, by okay. the way. Okay. So uh, you're never going to get to hear it, everyone. That is for the 36 people that were in that room. Well, those are a lucky uh, and select few, my friend. It was very loose and uh, kind of goofy and fun, but I, I ended up bringing a lot of my friends on stage. I had uh, Ben and Adam from Friendly Fire mm-hmm. and The Greatest Gen. Um, I had my friends Hal Lublin and Mark Agliardi from uh, We Got This with Mark and Hal, and my buddy Ben Acker. And, I, you know, I was just texting all my buddies over there. I said, hey, why don't you just come and join the panel? Well, it sounds like a good time. Chuck. It was a good time. Uh, and then I went back to L.A. yesterday and had my uh, Scott Aukerman <gasps> meeting and interview. And Gasp. he uh, that was almost the the Nolhelm <laughs> scream. Well, I was, that was sort of a <laughs> internal scream. So that will have already been out, I think. I think that's coming out actually this week. OK. But um, boy, just class act. It was right up there with uh, Ben Sinclair of High Maintenance is like my personal high watermarks. For interviews, you know, you don't I, get to sit down with your heroes no, much. No, no, I, I was I was nervous. I can't. I bet I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan from way back in the Mister Show days. He was a good guy, man, and just a sweet, sweetheart. And like, you know, we were supposed to meet or record from three to four, and our original meeting went till about three fifteen, and we recorded till like five thirty, and then he'd sat in there and just chit chatted for another fifteen minutes after we oh. recorded. And I was like, man, thank you for your time. And he's like, eh, it's a holiday. Yeah. I got nothing going on. Right. <laughs> I said, well, thank you for that, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it was just so exciting. And he was so um, prepared for the apartment and to talk about that. Like he had watched it the night before and read up on his Billy Wilder book. And, you know, when guests take it seriously like that, it makes a big diff. For sure. You know? So he's the best. I, uh, I hope we're new pals. Uh, yeah. I, well, you know, h- hook me up, Chuck. Take me to lunch with you guys. I'm, I'm not going to press it, but yeah. I want to be his pal. I know. He's a good dude. And then after that, I went to, it was kind of one of the great L.A. days. I went to a wine bar, my favorite wine bar, Bar Covell in Los Feliz, uh, where Sean will take care of you there. Really good wine. Mm. And it was flooded with famous people. Jason Manzukis is over there. I want to go talk to him because he almost came on the show. Like we had emailed about him coming on, but he couldn't do it. Paul Shear's been on. He was on a date. I was just waiting on her to get up and go to the bathroom before I went and talked. That finally happened. I went and said hi to him. He was nice enough for some random guy approaching him in a bar that says, like, oh, you were almost on my show and blah, blah, blah. Um, he was fine. He was nice. He wasn't a jerk or anything. 
But there was no love connection. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Kate Berlant was in there, uh, the comedian who uh, um, had a very big role uh, in the Tarantino film recently. Uh, Which she, one was she? She played, I mean, not a big part in the film, but a big deal for her to get in that film. Oh, yeah. Um, she was the uh, ticket taker at the movie theater of course. when, um, yeah, when uh, Sharon Tate goes to Tate see goes. her own film. I actually watched that for the second time uh, on the plane back from my L.A. week, yeah. uh, which was really fun because there's so many, like, you know, of the like Hollywood landmarks oh, in, that, sure. in that film. So that was kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, Kate Berlant was in there. And then uh, I look around and guess who the fuck walks by? Pauly Shore. Guys, what <laughs> man, the wheeze wearing a, a head bandana like it's 1987. He, he, he does that, does, does he? he? Yeah, I think so. All right, well, he did, he did that night. Wow, and he was the wheeze, and I did not talk to him. No, no, I wouldn't, you know, he, he, he sort of has like a, a natural sort of perimeter orb of like you know, Don't weasel energy, <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? You get too close. Yeah, Every, everyone, I was doing this in real time on the Facebook page, and people were like, go get Pauly Shore on the movie crush. And I was like, nah, you can't really do that. I don't know. What else is he up to these days? Didn't he, he made like a really bad horror movie that looked really just Oh, I beyond. mean, it's not like he's too busy, but you know how it is. Like, hey, I've got a podcast. You want to be on it? Like, you know. For... I bet he doesn't even know what a podcast is. I bet, oh, I bet he would love Pshaw. it. I'm just teasing Pshaw. you, Pauly Shore. Uh, um, and then I went to dinner. Uh, had a very nice, quiet dinner with uh, Ben Harrison of Friendly Fire. And his uh, lovely wife Rachel, and where'd you go? It was just great. We went to, uh, I, I mean, I guess we plug in restaurants. I don't know. I, I always like to know for my next trip where I should go. Uh, let me see what the name of this place. It was called All Something All Time. Okay. In Los Feliz, and it was delicious. I haven't heard of that. And uh, boy, we put a hurting on the old American Express card. American. American. Express. I went to, <laughs> I went to um, the Magic Castle with my kids. Yeah, which how'd that was go? Pretty exciting. Um, it was great. It was everything you'd expect from a place called the Magic Castle. Yeah, did you um, have fun? I had a wonderful time. We went to brunch, and then we went to like all three shows. They do like a kind of a medium uh, up close magic show in yeah. a room with maybe like around thirty seats. Yep, I've been in um, there, and that was really great. That was maybe my favorite because the guy like levitated a small table and then brought a kid up on stage. They really focus on the kids on Sunday because it's the only day that kids are allowed at all, and so they always reserve the first two rows for kids. Oh, that's nice. So they tend to include the kids uh, pretty regularly in every yeah, show. You know, I never noticed the two times I went there were no kids. And there's no kids allowed. Yeah. any other time right, except that makes for Sunday sense. brunch. Um, so he had this table with like a purple tablecloth on, and he put he held onto the edges of the tablecloth and just started kind of dancing with the table and it was floating around. I was, I was, I mean, it sounds silly, but I was almost moved to tears by how badass it was because uh-huh. I'm like, this is not a prepared space. It was very much like an impromptu just kind of par- sure. parlor. There's no wires. He was moving his hands all around. I'm like, I-, I don't know how this works. I don't understand that and I love that. Moved to tears by magic. Moved to tears by magic. That's your uh, autobiography yep. now. And my kid had to kind of sit separate because she got the front row and me and uh, my buddy who I was with uh, were in the back row. And mm-hmm. he was the same way. He was be the same, like, wide-eyed wonder about the whole thing. That's wonderful. And uh, it made me very happy. And that was cool. And then, like, he brought this little girl up and he got her to do it. And uh-huh. she could do the tr- – you know, she could levitate the table. So she and- had the gift? I mean, it's just I don't know how. Again, no, no idea how this shit works. But that's I, I love that. that. Uh, yeah, she had the gift. He, he he gave it to her. He sprinkled magic <laughs> dust on her, um, and and that and gave her the power. And then there was like a super small parlor magic room where it's like maybe like ten people yeah, in there. Yeah, those are fun. And this twenty one year old kid uh, named um, K 
Kevin something who's been on the uh, Penn and Teller. Um, it's called Fool Me, I think is what it's called, uh-huh. where they have magicians present tricks to them and they um, try to figure out what the trick is. Yeah, I know that guy, Kevin Magic Hands. Is that him? No, yeah, know. that's exactly right. Uh, but he's been on the show twice, um, apparently, and that's rare for them to bring somebody back a second time. He's that good? And he okay. fooled them both times. I oh, believe. wow. He did this one trick where he gets the kids to pull a card out of the deck and he shows them the card and shows whoever they want to show the card. He puts puts it back in the deck. And then he, you know, first first time he pulls it, just pulls it. Here's your card. Yes, that's my card. Second time, the kid kind of doesn't remember which card it was. He remembers the suit but not the number. And so he pulls a card and it's the right suit but the wrong number. And then he kind of shakes the card and you literally see the hearts move around on the card and the numbers like morph into the right number. Trick card. I love it. Yeah, but it's like, what is this? The tiniest LCD screen? I mean, I I guess it is, but it's, man, it was cool. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what it's not is real. Are you sure, Chuck? (laughs) Are you sure? Because I was pretty convinced. I'm not a cynic. I love magic, but it's, yeah, it's always a, I know, you know. I know, dude. But that's what they call suspension of disbelief. It's like the movies. Uh, Sure. Makes it more fun. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Magic Hands. Kevin Magic Hands. Hats off to you, sir. Hands off. Uh, all right, Noel. Did I cover everything here? I think so. I think so. Manzukas, Cape Lant, Polly Shore, Dinner. Oh, well, my kid got to meet her favorite pop star in the whole entire world, Billie Eilish. That's wonderful. There was a, we got a meet and greet at this uh, concert, and she was moved to tears like I was for magic. That is super sweet. Mm-hmm. Really great picture together, and um, it was a really proud moment for me because uh, she handled it so beautifully and it was very meaningful for her. And dad and then, got to hook it up too. You and I got to hero. hook it up and then we got to see her perform. And That's it wonderful. Was, uh, it was really Good sweet. show? It was great. Yeah. Really, really right. great. I haven't heard anything, but uh, I'll have to check it out. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. 
If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Noel. uh, We got to wake up this morning to some sad news. Uh, The great Terry Jones passed away. What? What? I didn't know that. Uh, Monty Python. Oh, my God. Founder, uh, director of my favorite uh, Monty Python Jesus. film, The Life of Brian. Oh. Very sad. A form of dementia. Died at 77. And so I just put a little memorial post up and thought I'd read some of these comments and dedicate the show to him. Uh, Dennis Michael Avery says, it's impossible to overstate the impact. Terry Jones had on me growing up. I've rarely laughed harder than watching and reenacting Monty Python moments uh, as a 10-year-old. He taught me that you can use your brain to cheer people up, and that life is never too dark for a cheerful moment of shared irreverence. Rest his soul. Wow. What's your favorite Monty Python movie, Chuck? Well, as I just said, Life of Brian. That's your favorite entirely? Mm-hmm. Really? Not you, just partially. Well, I mean... 1,000%. Well, okay, give me your top three, then. Uh, it would go Life of Brian, uh, Holy Grail, um, I don't know... I mean, those are kind of the two for me. The two for you. What about Meaning of Life? You didn't Meaning, like Meaning of Life, Life was okay. I always really liked that one. I think it was the age that I saw it. Uh, it has a lot more kind of gross-out humor in it than yeah. I think most of their other stuff does, so that grabbed me at It the was time. fine. I didn't love it. I definitely loved um, Life of Brian, though. It took a while for me to get Life of Brian. It's I, a movie for a bit of an older. Uh, yeah. It's not a movie for a 13-year-old. I discovered Monty Python like most people did through, you know, the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. That one was just enough of a mix of, like, highbrow and lowbrow humor yeah. that I think it grabbed me and I was totally sold. Yeah. Um, then I discovered The Flying Circus, the TV show, and loved that. Life of Brian, I didn't really fully love until maybe a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, you've got to get uh, religious satire as an older person a little more, but you also get things like Biggeth Dicketh. Yes, that's you know, true. That you a do child get Biggeth Dicketh. That's right. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Kent Campa says, impossible to overstate the impact uh, they had on my comedy and more broadly our culture uh, on comedy, not in my comedy. Uh, Flying Circus and Holy Grail are touchstones for folks of a certain age. Could be used as measuring rods of one's companionability. Interesting. A miserable way to go for a brilliant comedian and storyteller. Be free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Flying Circus is up there beyond, like, uh, a third movie pick. No, exactly. That's what I would throw. Exactly. Throw in there. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Especially, I mean, it's just the whole... 
synthesis of all of it, the way it all comes together. Like it's it's the template for stuff like a Mr. Show or for like sure. a, you know really heady psychedelic yeah, comedy. Hall, kids in the hall, psychedelic. Where, where thing, well, but it's got all those crazy animations, the Terry yeah. Gilliam stuff with the transitions, and it just like it set the tone for so much weird comedy. I love it. So totally much. agree. Uh, Hannah Busuri says, "So sad to hear this." Love the Flying Circus and the movies they made. R.I.P. Terry. Always look on the bright side of death. And now for something completely different. Yep. Ramsey, what's your favorite Monty Python movie? You into those? Oh, yeah. I mean, we watched uh, Holy Grail a lot when we were kids. Yeah, um, we watched that one a lot, too. You know, I think what you said is like it takes, a you know, Life of Brian, you, you get – when you get older, you kind of appreciate that a little bit differently than you do. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have knights – and in, in the Holy Grail, I mean, what kid's yeah. not going to like that? Sure. Um, it so was yeah. m- much more made for, not made for children, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always considered, like, Fish Called Wanda and, and a lot of Terry Gilliam movies part of the whole camp. But Yeah, me too. But I, I, I really did enjoy the Holy Grail. I mean, that's really where my love for those yeah. guys came from. But I, know, I, for I, sure. I love both of them. I mean, who, who isn't able to quote Holy Grail? Sure. Like, almost by heart. I have a really distinct memory from when my kid was little, um, not not too, too too long ago, but like she's eleven now. I guess she was probably like maybe maybe eight. Um, we were at dinner, a family dinner, and I thought it was really it would be, it, she'd get a kick out of the scene from Holy Crow where the rabbit um, bites the guy's head off. You know, mm-hmm. the little rabbit, oh, yeah. and then his head falls off. Uh, it freaked her out, and she started crying at this dinner table, <laughs> and I looked like a real monster. Which is know? funny because it's so, like, unbelievably hammy oh, and campy. And I showed it to her again recently, and she was like, what was wrong with me? You know, because that's the whole point. All of the violence is so cartoonish oh, yeah. that it's not disturbing or upsetting at all. You know, like when the knight, the black knight gets his arms and legs yeah. and stuff cut off. It's not, like, disturbing. It's just dumb and funny and light and, and <laughs> yeah. wonderful. You know? I think one of my favorite moments – I mean, every time you watch that movie, still, like, another part jumps out. It's kind of like watching Spinal Tap. Um, in that scene where he's being, uh, you know, dislimbed one by one, it's he's down to just the one leg, and he's hopping there, and they swing, and there's that cut away for a second, and you just hear the thud, mm-hmm. and then it cuts back, and he's, of course, just planted on the ground. Right. right. Let's yeah. just call it a droll. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Well, what did he like say? I'll, I'll, bite your, funny I'll bite your ass or something. Dylan uh, Carlson, our old friend, says, My favorite Python, brilliant storyteller, director, and author. I recommend everyone watch Eric the Viking. Oh, did he direct that? I bet he did. I'm not sure if I knew that. What is that? What era is that? Uh, I mean, I don't think it was a Monty Python film. I, I think it was Tim Robbins in the late 80s, maybe early 90s. I want to say late 80s. Terry Jones, written and directed. Oh, really? That's great. What year was that? that? Uh, 89. Okay. Really good to know, though. There's a fresh one for me to check out because I've not even heard of this. Fresh out of the oven from 1989. Exactly. Uh, Randy Rodriguez says, dementia, all forms, is a nightmare diagnosis. Uh, Very sad and painful. It was almost a relief when my wife's grandmother died because uh, she was no longer suffering. And that's what's so sad about this disease is a person afflicted sometimes is inconsolable, and you could not find relief from it. Loved the movies, and hopefully he can rest peacefully now. Indeed. That is a bad way to go, folks. Um, Noah Cornick just has a quote, Someday all of this will be yours. What, the curtains? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're motioning to the window out of the castle. Great, so great. Great big tracts of land. Yeah, huge tracts of land. 
Uh, Zach Pointer, rest in peace. Thanks for the laughs. And we'll finish up with Scott Thiel, the scene in Life of Brian, when the wise men stop at the Cohen house. And still one of my favorite scenes from any, is still one, one of my favorites from any scene ever. R.I.P. Mandy Cohen. All right. Good stuff. Very sad. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Uh, So, Noel, we're going to finish up with a couple of uh, recommendations from me for Stream This and you guys, if you've been watching something. Sure. uh, On the plane, you know, get those cross-country flights. I flew to Seattle 
then down to L.A., then back up to San Francisco, then back down to L.A., then back home to Atlanta. So I had plenty of uh, watching opportunities. And I watched a couple of great documentaries, one called Framing John DeLorean, uh, which is is a weird sort of documentary in that it's part documentary, part recreation with Alec Baldwin as John DeLorean. But then behind the scenes of shooting the recreations, like Alec Baldwin in the makeup chair talking about DeLorean and stuff. Oh, wow. But it manages to work. Um, It's an incredibly compelling story, uh, this guy's life. And I know a touch of it. Like, I know he did something weird and shady, right? Well, I mean, he invented the DeLorean, which, of course, uh, from Back to the Future, that's uh, very ironically that movie came out after the DeLorean car had crashed and burned. So it's a little late. (laughs) Uh, And then he was involved in a cocaine deal um, to try and raise money to help his struggling car company wow. uh, was uh, acquitted. Um, he lived uh, like one township away from me in New Jersey where I lived. He lived in Bedminster. Um, but really just it's got it all. It's got cars and ladies and, and drugs and the CIA and DEA and FBI and, uh, you know, South American drug lords and really, really compelling story. Very cool. And a movie I watched yesterday, another documentary that I cannot recommend enough called General Magic. Hmm. And it is about the company General Magic that was spun out of Apple in the late 80s. And uh, they essentially designed the first smartphone in 1989. Um, It was just too soon. Uh, Brilliant people, brilliant concept, uh, but it was, the internet killed it. Hmm. (laughs) It was a closed system. And uh, the internet, the World Wide Web gets invented. Uh, and, you know, so this thing couldn't connect to that. And people didn't buy it. It was a little too expensive, a little too clunky at first. But conceptually, it was all there when you look at the designs. It was a fucking iPhone. Mm. Uh, and all of the people, it's really neat at the end, all of the people that worked on that team, these kids in Silicon Valley, went on. You know, it's like Twitter CEO and co founder, founder of Nest, inventor of iPod. Uh, Obama's first chief technology officer. Is, and it, like all of them did brilliant things. Is there a sense that that really did lay the groundwork for like what the iPhone became? One thousand yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's really, really good. That sounds cool. I, I saw the the little thumbnail for both of those. On oh, Delta. so good, man! Such check, a good story and um, really, really good stuff. What about you guys? What have you been watching? I've been watching. I, I finished it, and then I'm on to another thing. That book, two things that I've been meaning to watch for a long time: The Leftovers on HBO, which is uh, Dana yeah, Lindelof's sure. series that he did before Watchmen. Yeah, I, I, didn't, um, I didn't watch that. I heard it was great. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's so good. I I'd heard from so many people that like it. It like after season one, it became some of the best television they'd ever seen. Yeah, and I thought, oh, it's hyperbole, you know, but it's really true. Yeah, and it's got my boy. Uh, I love that guy, the the lead, Justin Theroux. Yeah, Theroux. He's fantastic. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's so good. Season two is better than season one. Season three is is better than season two. It really ramps up. Is and it just three? Broadens the world a lot. Yes, mm-hmm. and it does that thing that Lost kind of gets shit on for not doing. Where Lost kind of wrote a check that it couldn't cash, and it sort of seems like it ran out of steam before it had enough yeah. time to really take you where the mystery promised it would take you. But leftovers can cash it big time. Oh wow, big time. Nice. I, I think so. Yeah, maybe I should get into I that. I really, and it's only three seasons. They're not mega long, you know. They, I really, I really recommend it. It's a, it's a quick one. Props nice. to HBO for sticking by their man and not pushing a second season of uh, of Watchmen. Of yeah, Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
it sucks we won't get it. But It does know. suck. He, he had said that on the Watchmen podcast, you know, because um, Craig Mazin was asking him about what season two would look like. And uh, he said, you know, my idea for, for season one was so big and, and important to me and zeitgeisty that, yeah. you know, that was the show that I was going to make. And that's what I thought of it as, like a self-contained thing. I have mixed feelings. I mean, I'm disappointed because I love um, Regina King and her character, and I would love to see more of that. And I thought the world they set up was so cool and really honored the original material. But, you know, there's there's something to be said for doing a really great thing and just fucking letting it be yeah. that thing. It takes a lot of uh, self-control and totally. kind of discipline. And and you never see that from studios. So they obviously really respect and appreciate Lindelof enough that they're like they didn't want to shit on his vision by putting somebody else in the chair. You know? yeah. So I appreciated that. Ramsey, you been watching anything? Yeah, I started The Outsider um, which is on HBO. It's uh, Jason Bateman. Um, I think it's his oh. pet project. It's the Stephen King short story. Oh, or really? Right. Yeah, it has a. It's new, right? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only three episodes out, but it it has that true detective vibe to it. But it's a little bit more supernatural because uh-huh. of the character in yeah. involved. But the trailer looked cool. Yeah. How so, many episodes have you seen? I've seen all three. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, enjoyed it. I mean, if you like Jason Bateman, like in Love the Ozark, sure. I mean, it's it's right there. He has that. He's that's the character. He's not doing like, you know, rest of development type stuff. Yeah, it's been cool to see his development. Like, I think Jason Bateman is so great at the comedy yeah. stuff, and he does his Bateman thing. You know, right. he's a great well, straight man. Like. His his comedy is perfect, but it's good, it's good to see that his development has not been arrested. Uh, no, as it turns out. <laughs> well, is it time for you to go? <laughs> ben uh, Mendelsohn, I think that's how you. Yeah, say yeah, it. sure. He's, he's great. In, so he's he's been awesome in the things he's been doing. But yeah, man, that guy blew up, huh? Yeah, he's good. Which yeah. one is he? Yeah, he's in everything. You're ben talking about Mendelsohn. he was in Rogue One. Yeah, you, you'd recognize him. He's okay. he's in like everything right now. See, look there to your right. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Um, also been catching up on Better Call Saul. If you guys haven't seen that, it's it's almost, I would say, very much equal in quality to Breaking Bad. I never saw it. And it's the kind of thing where one day I know I'm going to go back and just watch it all. That's how it was for me. Yeah. I, I stopped for no good reason. It was great. But I just moved on to something else or got distracted or whatever. So now I'm like in it hardcore. And it's just really great. Yeah, I need to do that. Aukerman does a great uh, Odenkirk impression. Um but but he doesn't set it up as like I'm going to do an impression. He's just telling a story about how Odenkirk helped him foster his career, and he would just go into the voice, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't take it, man. It's very distinct Odenkirky sort very of way of so. speaking. Uh, so you do have to go, Noel. So why don't we just wrap? Sure. Uh, I told him I was running a little late. It's, it's, it's right. no rush. That's fine. I appreciate you it. Got more. The next episode will just be me and the Ram Jams. Big debut is number two. Ramalama Ding Dong. If you do, uh, if you do really well, maybe we can just. Forget Noel existed. You can't do that, man. You can't revise history. No, people. That'll never happen. You have a show called Revisionist History. No, that's not what it's called. It's called Ridiculous, Ridiculous History. history. Revisionist History is that's, much more popular. That's Malcolm Gladwell. Much more popular. I'm getting all my, my podcast heroes confused. Someone posted on the page. You ever seen that uh, GIF of that girl tripping at the with the popcorn at the movie theater? Yeah. I feel bad for her, but it's, it's one of the best face plans of all time. Have you ever seen it, Ramsey? I don't think so. Just look at this. Hand that to Ramsey. Is this the one where she's like losing her mind? Oh, no, this is a different one. Oh, that's a good one. And, and oh. burying the lead. And, and I'm, not, whoa, whoa. I'm not one to generally take delight in no. someone's misfortune. But it's a soft carpet. She doesn't look like she got hurt. 
But Chuck, did you just call it a GIF? I don't know how to say it, and so I just say GIF. I can respect that. I'm, I, the GIF, GIF thing, I never remember, so I just it's say GIF. GIF. It's a GIF. I, I don't like these things. I don't post them. That's fair. Those really? Are, you're, anti, you're anti-GIF. I have never posted a GIF or a meme. Uh-huh. In my life, I have not. <laughs> it's the cheapest form, and here I am laughing at it. Ugh. Not only that, a terrible one of a young lady falling down. She's probably fine. She is. Yeah. It's just that popcorn goes everywhere. <laughs> it's so bad for her. Oh, man. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I got sidetracked by that. I was like a little, like a monkey in a cage that saw something shiny. Thanks, everyone. Uh, this one was on the shorter side because Noel screwed me today by double booking. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.